This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be In this mashup, Gary talks about the differentiation between building a brand versus paying for referrals, types of content you should be putting out as a realtor and becoming the mayor of your own town. Number one, build brand versus paying for referrals. People, when they're serious about buying a house, they'll, they'll go to the, the big website. Zillow's. Zillow's truly, blah, blah, blah. Would you even direct any money towards that or would you be all in on social? Here's the problem. When you're in your business, everybody's, most people are funneling their money into the Zillows and Trulia's because that's sales. You're paying a referral fee. You're, get, you're paying a VIG to get a lead, right? Right. Like, whereas what I want real estate people is to build a brand so people come to you. Anybody who's in the referral business lost to the companies that 10 years ago understood that Google was the best, got on top of Google first, siphoned all the attention, and then charged you back. OpenTable, Zillow, all the, it's all the same shit. If you need Caldwell, if you need what you have now, you gotta figure out how to get as close to the edge as you can, and then you get slapped and you step back, but, but if you don't go there, it's, all, it's gonna end up anywhere. They're gonna fire you. They're gonna fire you. That's, that's a strong Technology statement. wins. What those big websites have done is they're better at Google than you. Right. So when somebody types in, give me one of the town's suburbs names. Uh, Columbia Graham. Great. When you type in Columbia Graham buy a house, they're winning. So they're paying to get in front on Google to then be the toll booth and they're charging you more for that lead than if you could have beaten them to the top. Got it? So how do you combat that when you're playing against companies that have real fucking money? Because yeah. they have a lot more than you yeah, do. Exactly. <laughs> is you go for the brand and you go for social so that when somebody thinks about the area, they think about you. The only way you defend against referral business is you build a brand on top of it so it comes to you. Otherwise you pay the toll booth. But that's slow and hard. But people forget that I was slow and hard. Like Gary Vee, like the reason we're sitting here today is I decided from 2007 to 2011 to spend four to eight hours a day replying to people on Twitter that weren't even talking to me. You could, right now, oh, fuck that on my phone, you could type in the, hash, the name of that town and then go in Instagram and then go to places, click it. The punchline very simply is for everybody here, if you're not building brand, you're, you're vulnerable. I don't know. You got, like, there's, no, there's nobody here doing anything that isn't a commodity, including me. I just have brand. Brand. You're, every piece of clothes you're wearing, you could have bought somebody else's. You paid extra because there's a word on it. The end. Number two, figure out your value prop and own your truth. When you talk to consumers, they feel they can go to any agent, for the most part, and get the same exact thing. So if I go to Gary for real estate, I go to David, I go anywhere, it's the same experience. How do we bring that value back? I think that's the biggest challenge we have, is the lack of value. So I think what's important is to have empathy and act that way as a person. Like, so it's, the value is you in a 360. Like, some people may eliminate you because they don't like the way you said hello. 
Like literally. Like other people want to know the data. Very technical like, but you've never sold anything that was $1,500 a square foot. Like I just am fascinated by people not understanding that there are 30 to 70 human variables in choosing someone and that you should figure out what your value props are and you should sell on offense, not defense. Too many people try to win a deal by scaring that person away from the other alternatives and they're playing defense. I think people should go on offense and should be on full attack of what makes them good, including, I'm just like, do you know what gets me every time? Hey bro, I wanna do this business deal with you. I'm just a good person. Like if somebody, when people say that to me, and if I believe them, and by the way, people say that to me because I put it out there and then I don't believe them. (laughs) But like when I, actually my relationship with him, I don't know, I've met his contemporaries, I meet a lot of people, I meet a lot of people that look like him. Just our interaction at Pencils of Promise, our breakfast, like now I already know. Not much to go on, by the way. Not much to go on. I just know that I like him. I don't really know what else to tell you. Like, that's it. Like, literally, there's a weird chance that I may buy a very, very, very expensive townhouse on the Upper East Side from him. Not because he's on the fucking show. I've met his friends on the show. Like, I, I just am fascinated that people think there's some move. There's no move. People make decisions based on people in every business, let alone a business like yours that is very deeply based on people. And if you're wearing a fucking Remax or a Wiker or a fucking, like. To that point, how are you getting out there? How are people becoming aware of you? So all the great stuff we're talking about today, if there's one thing we should be focused on, what would that be? What would you say? Your truth. Truth. What the fuck are you about, Dave? I'm about servicing people. Good. Creating the greatest experience. Great, go interview every single person you've ever serviced. Make a fucking 49 minute movie of 7,000 faces saying you were the best 13 years ago. That may work on somebody. Somebody else might like the fact that you actually, you know how many of these fuckers put out content all day long and then people reply and they don't answer because they think they're just in put the content out business? But the first person that they actually reply to is like, I like that guy. Do you know people have said that I'm a snake oil salesman and the only reason I'm successful is because daddy had a liquor store and then I reply and tell them I built my daddy's liquor store for him and left with no money at 34 and then I'm the greatest person but four minutes ago I was the dick face of the world? <laughs> I mean, I don't, like, there's a million things. So like, what do you put out? Your truth. Like, I basically think you're all a comic book character. I want to know that you got bit by a spider all the way to that you have a motion picture every day of the year, right? Like, got it? Number three, deliver content to your audience in the most effective way possible. What would you say to someone like me who who really has a difficult time not producing or or content creating and and really just documenting what I would perceive or what I would say from other people's perception is a potentially really boring topic? Find the humor, man. Like, I love the idea with Kava and with you to uh, the idea of having content for, for what you do and finding the humor in it. Because I'm sure there's shit that you see in the office all the day, all day long where you're saying, wow, it's crazy, but you think other people will think it's boring. People are gonna think it's humorous because they're gonna be right there with you on your same level. The hard part with me is everyone kind of sees you know, TV appear and they, they hold this pedestal. So f- bringing things back down to reality and, and finding the humor there is then kind of, it's kind of hard. If I'm buying insurance, if you just use the medium to get out there, maybe your audience is only 4,000 people at max, which is small, right? Maybe it's, four, maybe it's 140. You have to understand something though. 
what you sell, I have a fun, you know, for me, kind of the boring guy who seems to know his shit when I'm buying my fucking life insurance feels a super interesting kind of like debate versus the one that's trying to make it WWE, right? You gotta be you, bro. Now, to his point, you may be literally doing you and the whole thing can turn into some weird version of Seinfeld funny because you're not funny, so not funny, that the whole thing becomes fucking funny. Like, all of a sudden, millions of people are watching you and be like, did you see this dude who literally has a show about just being an insurance agent and it's so fucking terrible? It's literally rubble, rubbernecking, we have to watch it? And then you're not funny coworker and the fucking UP, but then there's the things that come into what I call sports center newscasters and the office. You may not be funny, you just might be educated. Your UPS driver that comes every week or every day may be a fucking riot and always wanted to be an actor but he's a fucking UPS driver and the best part of his day now is coming to your office because he knows the camera's gonna be on and he's fucking giving it his all. Like, it's, it's, guys, it's, it's propaganda. It's media. It's how humans are conditioned. My mother in the back there wrote a book report that Fidel Castro was the bravest man in the world because he was so small next to big bad America. You know why? Because she grew up in the Soviet Union and that's what she was told. There's a reason that when people want to take over a government and have a coup, that the first thing they do is go to the radio station and TV station because they want to control the narrative to you. We are now in control of the narrative. That is a big deal. And so, do your fucking show or do what we're doing right now. I think Q&A show around insurance, again, to your point, is not gonna be fucking you know, American Idol. But guess what? If you, if you answer 900 questions and build a library, and when I go on Google or YouTube, I type in like, how do I triple down on my life insurance? And your video pops up. Content is the cost of entry to any relevance going forward. And you just have to live David Hill in your truth. What do you put out? Your truth. You know why shit's so easy for me? Am I just, people are like, wow, you're so good at speaking in it. I'm like, I'm just speaking, just telling you my truth. I, look, how, look, how, look how I answered the WhatsApp question. I don't need to be the smartest guy in the room every time. I just talk about the shit I know. And then it gets real, real good. You get real, real narrow. I don't talk about shit anymore. Like, like I'm like real fucking narrow. Everyone's like, you're so fucking cocky. And you're always like, I'm like, yeah, because I'm talking about the .0001% that I know fucking so well and then everything else, I get real quiet. Like if this was a fucking insurance conference about nothing to do with comms and marketing around insurance, I'd be really fucking quiet. Number four, become the mayor of your town. If I was a realtor, the thing that I would do more than anything is actually review the area around the places where I sell homes. Let me explain. Just be the fucking mayor. I'm still obsessed with somebody here filling up the pothole on Main Street and filming it and making the whole town love them. Yeah, that was the example you gave us. I want that one. So. If I'm selling homes in Milburn, New Jersey, I'm putting out a daily piece of content reviewing the school. Then I'm interviewing the individual teachers if I can get access to them. Then I'm reviewing every local business, the subway shop, the wine shop. Uh, then I'm interviewing literally people that have lived in the neighborhood for 50 years. I'm putting out content to make you romantic around the stories in the area because people pick 
them for utility, convenient. What I mean by that is convenience of transportation, how quickly from the office. But they also pick because of the school systems, and there's a lot of data out there on that. But how about making it a little warmer and interviewing Miss Robinson, the third grade teacher, uh, and then obviously kind of the amenities around it, right? The playground, uh, you know, the best stores. I, I remember a realtor telling me that people have moved to Short Hills because of Wine Library. I thought that was cool. Felt like such an anchor to that area. Uh, and so what I would do is daily content on the 20 mile radius or the 10 mile radius around the area where you sell the homes. The stories that are tucked away in the businesses and the school system and the iconic neighbors that have been around forever. Those stories are the narrative that will create emotion which will be on a tipping point scale on a 50-50 maybe the thing that tips someone to buying your home. We went out and did a whole bunch of series just going to restaurants, bars, neighborhoods and, and filming like a two-minute highlight reel of what that bar was about, what that restaurant was about, and then promoting it on a local blog that was paid, uh, you know, running Facebook ads to that area, and, you know, all of a sudden people were, it didn't work for about a month or two, but then all of a sudden people were like, and by the way, shit, the I'm seeing you everywhere. The bail at that month or two part is a lot. Because this, these industries, why I'm attacking it, are sales-driven. And so all the other voices are like, whoa, that's bullshit. He, you spent a thousand, we didn't get a sale. Go back to cold calling. Tried and true. Yeah, so all of a sudden people were like, we see you everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And like, well, we really, we, we cut out direct mail. We went from like 15,000 a month in direct mail to zero overnight and put it all into Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and it, it took about two and a half, three months, and then we exploded. Normally in December, we would do about 20 deals for 12 million, and we ended up around 86 deals for 52 million in one month.